Official episode of Stupid Sequence, the show where we make ranked list of things that don't matter because arguing with your friends is fun. I'm your host, Josh. And I'm your host, Scott. And we're going to start by talking about what this show is and who we are. The goal of each episode is to create a ranked list of something, usually media related. Scott and I will pick a topic before the show and each come prepared with a list of 10. In the first segment, we'll talk about the first five items from each of our lists in detail why we feel they fit the list, why they're special to us, or maybe some interesting facts about them. From there, we'll use the second segment to briefly mention the remaining items on our separate list, before going head-to-head and arguing over which items belong on the unified top 10. Before we jump in, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Josh, I live in West Michigan, and I work in IT. I'm a big ol' nerd and I spend a lot of my time playing video games, DMing a D&D campaign, and reading fantasy novels. And my name is Scott, I live in Metro Detroit, I work in sales, I'm a dad, a big family, and I spend much of my time just being a dad, uh, including all of the bad puns. Uh, When I have me time, I also enjoy spending time with my friends and playing board games and occasionally fishing. We've known each other since high school and have remained good friends for one and now. 12, 14, something like that years? Mm, I, it might be closer to 15 now. This is like 07 when we first I met. I can do math. Something like that, yeah. It's been quite a while. All right. Well, let's talk about um, today's topic in detail. We're talking about the best animated and or cartoon media properties. We're trying to stick to uh, the, a, a good variety here of different topics. We're going very broad with this. This is um, going to cover a lot of different topics, uh, a lot of different uh, media formats, uh, depending on, I guess, Scott, I don't know what's on your list. You don't know what's on my list. So I can tell you there's, there's a few different formats on my list. We're going to dig into it here in a minute, but let's talk about the rules for a second. Uh, what, what, what's considered to be acceptable on the list or not. Pretty basic starter rule. It's got to be animated in some way or another, right? Sure, and and we talked about this at quite a quite a length prior because, and to be honest, I was a little bit confused and I was struggling to really define what this topic is. And then I just relented that it is a huge, broad topic, and and that's okay. I I had to come down to my my top ten, and it it was difficult. Yeah, this was really hard um, for me, not because I couldn't find enough things, but because there were, we intentionally went pretty broad with this, you know, covering different things like things that are eligible are things like movies and TV shows, video games in the right context, uh, you know, um, comic uh, books, comics, sure. uh, things that are, are, are hand-drawn, cartoony in nature um, or, or animated generally. So the 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 spot where we had to get a little more a bit more creative with the rules um is when you get into video games obviously ev- almost every type of video game unless you're talking about like an FMV game or something everything in a video games am- animated in some fashion right so rather than just saying well any video game is up for grabs kind of tried to limit it a little bit by going all right is this trying to evoke an animated style is this trying to 
mimic what is a traditional style of animation or a cartoony feel to it rather than just saying, well, Mario is a video game and that looks all right. So let's put it on the list. Yeah. I, and that was one of the things I in particular struggled with because I had several more things before we clarified that. So that actually did help me a little bit. All right. So now that we've covered what the rules are and what the topic is, let's jump right into the first segment. Let's talk about our top fives. Now we do have an impartial third party who's helping us sort through these a little bit because we try to keep it we're trying to keep it fresh uh the conversation fresh by not knowing what each of our lists are but sometimes we run in we can run into duplicates where we both put something on the top five list we have an impartial third party who is looking at these lists and saying telling us if we have duplicates and we've been informed that we in fact have one duplicate in our top fives so what we're going to do is we're both going to start with our top six. We'll have an extra item at the very end that we're going to have to fight to see uh, if it makes the list. How exciting. Why don't we start with your number six? Okay. All right. The big reveal. Are you ready for this? I, I'm 100% sure this one is not on your list because okay, okay. It's, it's just not your style, I think. Um, my number six is a goofy movie. Okay. Okay, not on my list, but I do I do enjoy a goofy movie. It is one of the earliest musical type movies I think that really piqued my interest and and growing up I I remember memorizing the songs. I remember you know being enveloped with all of the relatable things that Max was going through as a high schooler who felt like he didn't matter. And wanting to stand out and impress a girl, I I thought all of that was super relatable, and yeah, I was I was enamored by it. Um, and then beyond that, the songs are actually very catchy, and I still know a lot of them to this day. I watched the the movie with some of my kids not that long ago, and I, yeah, I was singing along with it, and they're like, "Why do you know this?" Well. Because I was obsessed with this movie as a kid, and it's a definitely a big part of influencing my musical preferences and some of the other media that I consumed later in life, and also happens to be on this list. But I don't want to spoil any of that. Yeah, I I think I've seen the go- a goofy movie maybe twice in my life. Um, once as a young kid, and probably as a teenager again. I remember enjoying it, but I haven't seen it in a very long time. Sure. I mean, who didn't want to be Powerline, right? And the fact that he I'm gonna did... be honest with you, I do not remember Powerline. Okay, Powerline was the big singer. He was traveling to the concert. Well, he was supposed to be going on a fishing trip. That was another reason it was relatable because there was a fishing aspect to it. And I, I mentioned I, I'm definitely a fisherman, so seeing the perfect cast, which in reality, not the perfect cast. Don't do it. You will tangle your line. But in the show, awesome. I, I thought it was really, really good. And to this day, I, I still very much enjoy it. The main thing I remember from that movie is Polly Shore going, it's the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. Yeah, that principal maze. Oh, busted. <laughs> yeah. were, were you a Goof Troop fan as a kid? Yeah, definitely. Um, grew up watching that as well. Um, not every day after school, but it was on the rotation for sure. 
Yeah, that's where I think that's where some of the disconnect is for me because I never watched any of that as a kid. I, I was only exposed to a Goofy movie. Yeah, Goof Troop. Uh, I think it was a little bit more extensive, and there were a lot of a lot of characters that didn't quite make the Goofy movie cast. But yeah, Goof Troop was pretty enjoyable as well. But that's not on my list, so I don't worry. Let's not worry about that right now. And uh, Josh, what is your number six? My number six, this is something that I really thought, really thought was going to make my top five. And then I want to say yesterday, um, or maybe it was even earlier today, I messaged you and said, oh no, I've made a huge mistake. I've completely forgotten something that absolutely needs to be on this list and ended up pushing things down a little bit. So my number six is Into the Spider-Verse. Tell me more. Spider-Verse is... I think one of the most mind-blowing animation styles I've ever seen in my life. The, the, the stuff that they do with... So they, they use some pretty unique techniques for this where they're animating different characters at different frame rates and it really ev- creates this different visual style uh, for the character. So Miles, as he swings around in the movie, uh, if, you, if you're not familiar with the movie, this is... Uh, kind of Miles Morales as, no, a, as a younger Spider-Man um, being trained by yeah. an older Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker. Uh, Admittedly, I have not watched this. Really? Uh, it is It is on my list. I, Again, you know, being a dad, I have to be careful and prioritize time accordingly. And sure. unfortunately, this has not quite made it to the top of the list of next things to consume. Yeah, so I, I, I just think it's fascinating the way that they, because um, this is really kind of like a lot of ways a coming of age movie for, for Miles Morales as coming into his own as a superhero. You have, uh, what like I was saying before, what they were doing with that animation style is with Miles being animated at a lower frame rate than Peter is as they're web slinging around and things like that. You have, it leads to Peter's animation looking much smoother and more relaxed. Whereas Miles is jitterier and it really evokes a feel of like he doesn't really know what he's doing as he's swinging around and still learning. It, it's, it's fascinating to watch. And it's not just that detail that they do that with. There's a lot of other aspects. I think in a lot of scenes, the backgrounds are also animated at a different frame rate than the characters are. So it's, it's really, really interesting the things that they've done with that. I was not aware that they were doing that. It, is that a common practice in other art i i don't know i am by I no can't means think of another example i am by no means an animation expert but my understanding is that this movie is kind of pioneering that technique it's a pretty recent thing oh uh, some other things i enjoy about this movie is just a really well-told story if you you know if you like spider-man and let me tell you what i like spider-man uh who doesn't like have... spider-man you have, I know some people, um, you, you, you have a really fun version of Peter Parker in this movie as kind of a schlub, kind of the Peter Parker that like didn't really get it all together. Not that Peter is always the most put together person in his various incarnations, but this one in particular is just like, nah, this thing's never quite working out the right way for, for, for uh, this Peter played by Jake Johnson. You have some really creative versions of the villains uh, in mm-hmm. this in this movie, really different versions uh, from the, from what you see in the comics a lot. I think it does a really great job of introducing here's who Miles is as a character to people who weren't fans of the comics. Obviously, um, Miles Morales showed up in the comics um, 
several years ago now and really captured a lot of people's attention really became a beloved character and and this isn't the first time he's shown up in non-comics media but it's definitely the biggest splash that the characters made right very cool i was not aware of all of that overall really really highly recommended a great time personally still surprised that i just couldn't quite get it in my top five wow okay it makes me curious what which one you forgot and then realized later. I I have a feeling I might know what it is. I don't think it's the one that we supposedly have a duplicate on, which I also have a theory on. But yeah, no, this is interesting. All right. Well, why don't we move on to your top five? Okay, number five. Number five, rather. Yeah, yeah, my number five. So kind of a, a little bit of a theme here. Uh, what started as a love of m- musical-esque movies, I mean, Disney's infamous for that. Goofy movie was no exception. Uh, but moving into number five, we have the claymation classic, Nightmare Before Christmas. Ooh. And I am, I'm a pretty big fan of this. I think there's a lot of people who go super hardcore into it. I don't have any gear or costumes to make me look like any of the characters but i really really enjoy the music and i've probably listened to that entire album i don't know countless times it's it's definitely in the hundreds um but danny elfman man he did a fantastic job with it even tim burton's animation style i i was just i really was impressed the first time i saw it and then later you know it just I still have an appreciation for it to this day and and my wife also really appreciates it. I think if the kids and we already started to introduce them to it, Halloween is one of our favorite holidays, so uh, ha- having that as a nice family movie to be able to point to and and everybody can enjoy together. I I think that's that's another staple in our household that I can't shake it, so I'm I'm not not trying to by any means, but yeah, really, Scott, really good. Scott, I have an admission to make. You've never seen it. That's no, I'm. It's worse than that. Oh, okay. Oh god, uh, you don't like it. it. So this is gonna be a somewhat controversial opinion, and I know this episode is gonna draw some some ire from a lot of people because everyone I feel generally feels pretty strongly about animated stuff that tends to be pretty beloved. Uh, I I have never made it all the way through this movie because I find it really boring. Wow. Uh, I'm so sorry. I know I know, you know, I know a lot that's, of people really love this, folks. That's the end of the me. podcast. It's uh it's been great talking to you. Um, you know, uh, stay cool, and we'll talk another time. Bye. No, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, one other thing that I I like about this, it did not actually make it into the movie but there is an outro or a closing track uh that's on the album that was narrated by patrick stewart where he monologues and it is wonderful i really really like that outro and i'm a little bit sad that it didn't make it into the movie but for those who have listened to it they know what i'm talking about if you haven't listened to it definitely check it out it is worth listening to not a long monologue by any means, but he just really hammers home the feel and the point of that movie. And 
I I really appreciated it. So, and who doesn't love Patrick Stewart? He's fantastic. Quite possibly one of the most iconic characters of all time. But you know what? That might be. That's another episode. Let's come back to that. Top ten Patrick Stewart characters. Hmm. Jean Luc Picard. Uh. What What are the other nine? I don't think there is anything else. D- different episode. Different episode. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, enough about my number five. What do you have? All right, next up on my list is this is the this is the one that I forgot about and just absolutely couldn't get away with not having it on my top five. It is Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Is that what you thought it was going to be? It is not what I thought it was going to be, but that is embarrassing because yeah. that's your profile pick. It's it's my icon on Discord right now. Um, that. So and has been for a it. long time. Yeah. So it's a, you know, is it an oversight on my part, but fortunately I caught it before we recorded the episode. Oh, Listen, man. Space Ghost is incredibly important to me. It is a, <laughs> uh, I, I absolutely love this show. It is so weird. It's such a bizarre thing. Uh, it, it really kind of, you know, it basically led to the creation of Adult Swim as a platform. Um, through Cartoon Network and kind of pioneered a whole new type of animated show that you really just didn't get. That kind of weird goofball, very awkward scene style of comedy. Um, Certainly in the animated scene at that time when the show came out in 1995, I believe. Um, I I, I was not watching it. I wasn't watching it as a kid, to be clear. We did not have cable when I was a kid, so... I uh, I did not watch it as a kid, but I came to it later as a teenager, and boy, I just fell in love with it. Huge fan. I I kind of had a weird exposure to Space Ghost overall because, despite us not having um, cable, we did have taped VHS things from various shows, including um, the spinoff of Space Ghost Coast to Coast called Cartoon Planet, which is just a bunch of goofy songs and weird little animated bits of the characters from Space Ghost interacting. Um, mm. And my siblings and I loved that stuff. So I guess not surprising that eventually I came to love the thing that they came from. So yeah, I, uh, I definitely remember some of the villains from Space Ghost. Um, Lo- uh, Zorak. Zorak, yeah. And Brack. Those were the two that I remember. Um, yeah, and then and then you're kind of your your other main character that you have on Space to Coast is Molpar, who is a lava man in a suit. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, some of the stuff that I, I I really enjoy about Space Ghost is the uh, just you get a lot of different celebrities that showed up on that show. If you're not familiar with what the show is, basically they're taking animation from the. Hanna-Barbera cartoon from the 60s, Space Ghost, a superhero, um, which was pretty terrible, um, poorly animated, you know, and they're just reusing mostly cells of animation from that show and then reconstructing it, it with new dialogue with the idea that it is a night, uh, late night talk show where they're interviewing various celebrities. What they would do when they would record the show is they would film actual video of these celebrities, ask them different interview questions, chop all of that up and then have them be answering the, have the characters on the show be asking them completely different questions. And so a lot of it is just very weird non sequitur stuff. Sometimes you have celebrities that really get into it and, 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 and are enjoying the format. You have other celebrities sometimes that are just utterly confused and have no idea what's going on. 
Uh, and that's a lot of fun, too. Uh, you see, we you had people show up on that show. Some of the, the more memorable ones for me, you had like Weird Al was on there, Adam West, Moby, The Ramones, Joel Hodgson from Mystery Science Theater 3000, Metallica, Buzz Aldrin, just all kinds of different people. Uh, and, and, and it was just very all the classics. Fun. Oh, yeah. A lot of, you're, you're, you know, late 90s, early 2000s celebrities. What, what hasn't Adam West been on? I mean, as far as animated shows, he's been on so many. Yeah, he really got into voice acting later in his life. Oh. A lot of weird. He learned how, he learned to laugh at himself, which I think was just kind of from being Batman. How could you not laugh right. at yourself, right? And, right. And I think Family Guy does a great job of identifying that and just he plays his own character who is just an absurd version of himself and I don't know where the truth starts or ends with that character so i like to believe it's it's all can for uh for the show itself here before we move on i just wanted to call out um a couple of things here different various shows that ultimately um wouldn't exist without space ghost uh coast to coast you got c lab 2021 a lot of people really love harvey birdman attorney at law Mm, is a personal favorite for me and then Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which literally the pilot of Aqua Teen Hunger Force is a Space Ghost Coast to Coast episode. Right. Where they, they show up in, in one of those episodes. Baffler Meal. It's really weird. <laughs> if you've seen Aqua Teen, shouldn't be surprising that that boy, it's really weird. Oh my gosh, yeah. Forgot uh, and then that. I'm, I'm uh, with, with the shows I've included on my list, I'm trying to call out uh, a few of what uh, the, my favorite episodes of the show are that I could remember heading into this list. Uh, you got. Uh, Knifing Around is a great episode. Banjo is a great episode. Batmantis, that's the Adam West one. Uh, and an episode called Gallagher, which weirdly enough does not feature Gallagher. <laughs> great uh, addition to your list. I'm glad you caught it in time. I think it would have been pretty embarrassing had you completely left it out of at least your top 10. Mm-hmm. But... All right, well, let's move on to your. Number five. Number four? Number four. Sorry, lost track. My number four is not a musical. It is the... That's not a lot on your list, then. Oh, man. I guess I gotta rethink my list here. All right, so number four <laughs> is the new series of DuckTales. Uh, okay. I've and, heard that's good. And this is... Well, you probably heard that from me. This is... David Tennant as Scrooge McDuck. You've got right. a couple of other key people. Danny Pudi from uh, mm-hmm. Community as w- one of the triplets. Uh, ben Schwartz from Parks and Rec. Uh, Bobby Moynihan. Sonic the Hedgehog himself. <laughs> yes. Um, not the reason he's chosen. And, and then there's just a bunch of other classic returning characters. Launchpad's back. Webby's back. You know. Uh, Flint Hart is here, and Flint Hart is just awful, but in a hilarious way. And yeah, there's there's some really good storylines in this one, and they they start by identifying what the old series kind of was, and in a few of the episodes, they they make fun of themselves a little bit, but overall. This this one is completely revamped. It's it's updated. It 
feels way more relevant. I mean, there's a character on there that is basically Mark Zuckerberg and and he's awful. And I think, man, they they really just struck gold with that one. And then there's, of course, the Beagle, the Beagle Boys come back. Uh, and yeah, it's the the whole thing is just very well written, very well animated. There's a lot of really unique animation episodes. Uh, there's uh, like a 3D type episode. There's a, a Tron-esque episode. There's some really weird mutation episodes. And I just, I'm really impressed by the series. Another one, family-friendly, been able to watch it with the kids start to finish. I've seen the whole thing twice now. And I definitely will be rewatching it again at some point. Or it might just be playing in the background for the kids at some point. But either way. The new DuckTales series, highly recommend it for those who have not seen it, and I'll definitely be uh, consuming that again in the future. So you think it's better than original DuckTales? Yeah, definitely better. I mean, no no dissing the original. I loved the original. I grew up on the original, and it wouldn't. this one would not exist without that one kind of leading the way, but um, yeah, this one is... It just ties everything in so well. Uh, not to mention, they also bring in like Darkwing Duck, for example, uh, and and Gyro, and and some of the other kind of uh, you know secondary characters that were in the original one. But they give them a new spin and a, a new way of thinking about those characters. So, yeah. I'm, My uh, next admission: I've uh-oh. never seen an episode of either Ducktales show. Man, what is going on with you? Are we friends? I, we, we didn't have cable when I was a kid. I never saw any of this stuff. Oh my gosh. I I might have to just buy the whole series for you and give it to you for your birthday. <laughs> It'd be worthwhile. I would feel better about our friendship if you had watched at least the new series. I will say, there's uh, the best DuckTales related thing that I'm familiar with. Um, you should Google a... Um, there's an interview with uh, Danny Pudi did with Larry King uh, yeah. regarding DuckTales. Um, there's a snippet of it. If you Google Larry King, Danny Pudi, DuckTales, you'll get about a 15-second clip. It's very funny. Go watch it. I am familiar with this clip. I also recommend watching it, but I don't want to spoil it. That's, I think it, it definitely was worthwhile as I was creating this list. It was one of the first things I identified. Did not make my top three but it, it definitely belongs in this list and happy to include it. And I mean, what else can I say about it? The, the original one also had a movie based on it and the, the treasure, what is it? The treasure hunt movie. Oh gosh. Uh, anyway, that one fantastic. Uh, also, uh, I think it's on Disney plus for, for those of you who have not seen the movie, but it's also pretty enjoyable. They, they meet a, a small genie, like a, a young genie, and uh, the kids befriend him. And of course, you know, spoilers, they end up freeing. But anyway, yeah, good stuff. The whole universe is pretty great, but specifically the new series, very, very good. And man, it's funny. I've definitely heard it's good. But well, more than just you. Okay. You should watch it. No promises. <laughs> I will I will force you to watch it. Next time I'm at your house, I'm just going to casually turn it on and then, oh, hey, look what's on. Let's check this out. 
Who doesn't love the spirit of adventure? Me, I, ha- I hate the spirit of adventure. You, you would worst. hate the spirit of adventure. This is why you hate Legend of Zelda. No, that's not true at all. No, but it might as well be after this conversation. I'm sorry to have disappointed you so thoroughly. I'm going to sulk in the corner. Why don't you tell me what your number four is? My number four is what I am 99.9% sure is the duplicate on our lists. It is Avatar The Last Airbender. What? Yeah, that's on my list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fig- figured. From, from our uh, discussions separate from this show, yeah, pretty, pretty, felt pretty safe thinking that was on there. Yeah, I, I kind of identified that as the, the duplicate as well. Um, so, where's, so where's that on your list? That is my number two. Okay. okay. I, I really like Avatar. The Last Airbender. It's very good. It's very good. Not the blue people. Nope. That one's also notice okay. notably not the film The Last Airbender. Oh my God, no, not the film. Let's not animated, d- so couldn't be able to make this list. But okay, don't get I me started on that. I maintain the worst adaptation of anything ever. Moving on to actual good Avatar. Ooh, yeah, that's a bold statement. Keep going. So uh, one of the things I love about this, I mean, I if we, I want to not try to dig in too much here, just because I could talk about the show for an hour about how great it is. Uh, good, I got all the time in the world. One of the things I really love about it is it really digs into a lot of heavier topics uh, while still feeling like a kid's show. It feels like something that kids can find approachable, think about the the things that are being discussed there while, you know, uh, still hitting for older audiences. I didn't watch this one as a kid either. I probably watched it for the first time when I was about 20 and really just fell in love with it very quickly. I think that's about how old I was, uh, college age. Yeah, about 20. Yeah, you're right. That The whole show, just every single character in it, I, I, can, I struggle to think of an example. Every single character develops and grows in some way throughout that series. Yeah, Even in, in some individual, single episodes, characters grow. And it's, it's amazing the way that they did that. I applaud them for sure i mean this is another series that i've watched probably three or four times at this point start to finish the last four episodes uh Mm. with the final battle sequence oh my gosh the first time i watched that i just i felt immense relief and like shock at the way it ended i was very happy with it i would say very satisfying so it's certainly one of the best endings of, of an animated show I've ever seen. Definitely. And, and honestly, best endings for most sh- just TV in general. Sure. It gave me chills. I remember, I remember where I was when I watched it in, in my loft, in my dorm, actually. Oh, man. Yeah, that was, that was a couple years back. I I really like um the cast of characters the, the just it's got a, the kind of your core cast is all very likable very uh very relatable as they're you know kids that are just going out trying to trying to save the world really without really knowing what they're doing or how to do that and watching them grow and learn along that journey is just really compelling. One of the things I really like I find I find interesting about Avatar that you don't see a lot in kids media is 
it's got uh, not the hardest magic system, but it's a fairly hard magic system. And if you're not familiar with that terminology from generally fantasy literature, um, the concept of a, of a hard versus a soft magic system is how well defined are the rules? What what how how much does the audience know from scene to scene what these characters are capable of when they're utilizing magic? Uh, you, you know, you got different ends of the spectrum where something like a Harry Potter or like a, the Force in Star Wars is very, very soft magic. The magic is able to do kind of whatever the plot wants it to do in the moment versus, uh, you know, like if, if you're familiar with the works of like a Brandon Sanderson or something, very rigid rules-based magic. Uh, and, and, and Avatar, I think, skews more towards the hard end of the spectrum, which you really don't get a lot of in kids' media. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I would argue... They start to, no pun intended here, bend the rules a little bit. And with that, and the new series that came out after that, you know, Legend of Korra. I also think, very good. Very yeah, good. Not on my list, Agreed. because yeah, I same. specifically called out the first series on this one. But yes, also very, very good. They do show some new ways of adapting the magic system in that and i thought that was pretty cool of course it's right. know, years I, and, into the future and i think it, it's more effective because it's a harder magic system because they're able to expand what's there without feeling like it doesn't belong with the existing rules that are set up for the magic and that's something that i really appreciate in my fantasy media sure yeah, the the whole series fantastic i love the comic relief of the characters oh definitely Sokka, I mean, very, very humorous character that I, I really enjoy. Even the opening sequence when Aang is riding on his little air bubble and crashes into sure. the rock, like, I laugh almost every single time. I know it's going to happen. I've seen it a million times. And yet, somehow, it just, for some reason, is funny to me. Every single time. I don't get it. But it's like, it, it just evokes a chuckle. There, there's a connectedness that the show has from beginning to end with, like I said, it still feels like a kid's show, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean, there's a connection to kind of the humor and silliness that children have innate to them, most kids anyway, um, that, that, that persists throughout the entire series. And I think that's a lot of what goes towards making it feel the way that it does. There's just a lot of really good stories, like you said, lessons even that could be learned from this. Mm-hmm. some of the other key episodes that come to mind like the secret tunnel episode sure. uh, you know going back secret to mu- music again yeah you know it's, there's a definitely a musical connection there but not a musical so it still made my sure. list it's okay <laughs> uh kind of the last thing i wanted to mention for my for my appreciation for this show is it's another thing that you didn't get you know, this show is ran in the mid-2000s the uh, original show anyway, the, you don't get, you didn't get a lot in kids shows back then of really serialized storylines. And while there's a lot of episodic kind of moment to moment, loosely connected to the main plot um, episodes, especially in the first season of the show, the bulk of the show is really, we are telling a complete story from beginning to end. And while it's not going to ruin your, what you're able to follow, if you miss an episode here or there, you really feel like they're building to something over the course of the show. And then by the time you get to that finale, it's just, they really capitalize on all of what they've built over the whole run. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, they, they pull 
a lot of the same characters into the final few episodes, right? Some early, early people that helped them out on their journey or that they helped and you know, they answered the call. I think that's awesome. Uh, question for you on this one. Who is your favorite character? Oh, it's Zuko, easily. Zuko. Love Zuko. Okay. Okay. Dante Bosco for life. I I like Zuko. Is not my favorite character though. Uncle Iroh is actually my favorite character. He's just also very good. So wise and you know, he he aspire I aspire to be what the kind of dad that he is to Zuko, even though he's not his dad, he's his uncle. It just he's his father figure in so much of the sense and I love his patience and and his ability to articulate and and just know what to say and when and and help his his nephew and yeah it's he's a really really good character I like him a lot yeah definitely and definitely one of my favorites as well all right now we'll move on to Scott your number three my number three is also a musical and uh this one back on back on track yeah back on track this one for me it's so hard to describe um what it means to me just as a whole but the okay i'll just come out rip the band-aid off here it is south park bigger longer and uncut and oh wow okay okay this movie was not my first exposure to swearing, but certainly the largest exposure to swearing as a kid. And the the music in it is just so clever and funny at the same time. I mean, it's very, very childish humor and completely inappropriate. Uh, obviously, the kids have not seen this one, but what? just the movie has... Just amazing, amazing songs, amazing animation, some of the the weirdest plot lines ever. And I think knowing some of the origins of how that movie actually came together, um, for example, when they, the creators of uh, South Park, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, when they uh, were writing this episode, they had to get a lot of specific approvals uh, to air, or it's not episode, this movie, they had to get specific approvals to air certain things in the movie, and they had to write a letter pleading for a revision on Saddam Hussein's penis, and then <laughs> faking that it was a dildo, and then showing another one, which also actually happened to be a dildo while he's sitting in bed with Satan. And man, that he said it it was one of the best letters that he had ever written. And I'm pretty sure he framed it and put it on his wall. And yeah, just little things like that. Not everyone can say that they've written something like that. No, it's it's absurd and completely inappropriate and yet hilarious. I, I love all the little jokes that are tied to it. I love that all of the key characters that are in every of all the other episodes leading up to that are still themselves in this. I mean, Kenny dies shocking, but he comes Spoilers, back. Geez. Yeah. Right. He comes back though. And you know, Cartman's still terrible and they introduce some new characters and they, they really, and they hit a home run with this. I really like 
bigger and longer and uncut. And when my kids are old enough, they definitely will get to watch this movie. This is another show that I came to later in life. Uh, actual South Park, the show versus this movie. I have not actually seen this movie, uh, but I didn't watch the show as a kid. Very oh. extremely was not allowed to watch it as a kid. That's uh, shocking. But yeah, I had a fairly strict, strict childhood and what I was allowed to watch and not watch. But the guarantee your dad watched this movie no (laughs) no not so much well uh i i got i got into south park probably in my early 20s went back and watched the older stuff and went wow this is very good this is very well written very stupid in a lot of ways but but yeah they're 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 weaponizing that stupidity pretty effectively i think they're very clever their writing is wonderful so I'm, i'm curious here yeah. So you're specifically choosing this movie versus the show. Why is that? Yeah, I thought about trying to define specific seasons or specific eras of the show because the early earlier episodes, like the first couple are they're they're pretty good, but then they I feel like they hit a stride somewhere around like season 3, 4 and then mm-hmm. even going into Season 9, 10, they had some really strong episodes. I mean, that's where the World of Warcraft episode is. And sure. and that was one of the biggest episodes of all time. Um, but then it fell off. And to be honest, I can't tell you the last time I watched an episode. I don't, I don't know what the newest episodes are about. And I, I don't know. I probably won't ever watch any of the newer episodes. So instead of struggling to come up with a definitive way to explain my appreciation for a specific episodes or seasons of it because i don't think there's one definitive answer i chose the movie because the movie for me has still stood the test of time and and i still have watched it you know probably i guess it wasn't this year it was about uh late last year christmas time i had some time and i i was watching it while playing some video games and yeah it's just fantastic and I still wonder what Brian Boitano would do sometimes. And that's I have heard that song. Key songs. I mean, Blame Canada when I was sure. first when I first heard that song, I remember I have a cousin who's from Canada that probably also heard that song from other kids several times. Probably did. Sure like he it as much. absolutely loved that. Yeah, I mean, songs can songs with your name in it or a reference to you you or your culture that is unique in some kid group or school group, it, it can definitely ruin you. I, I think of like, oh God, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, if you I you wouldn't personally up. know You personally wouldn't know anything about this. Would you Scotty? No, no, Scotty doesn't <laughs> know. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh man. I also appreciate that. Uh, a lot of the, the songs in here are not just straight up swearing. They're, uh, how to how to not swear there's the it's easy mk song that they go through with the dr phil type character mm-hmm. uh, mr Mackey, and i just i'm really impressed with the movie and i will continue to watch it and i'll continue to sing the songs and listen to the album in my spare time or while i'm working or doing something else in the yard I have no problems with that. So still still stood the test of time for me. Definitely big contender and influence on me, even though I really don't swear that much. But Well, not anymore. 
no, definitely not anymore. And so, yeah, that's why it's number three on my list. Good choice. What do you have for your number three? Well, I'm going to maintain my streak of not choosing musicals. Oh, um, we're going to pivot format here. We're going to The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Oh. This is a hell of a game. Uh, it, it, I really, really love this game. Came on the GameCube in 2003, I believe. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Wind Waker, why why I'm including that versus the different Zelda games is kind of what we were talking about at the top of the show, where a lot of video games, and I feel like the earlier Zelda games are very much this, where they're just trying to look like a video game. You know, they're they're not really trying to evoke a specific style. Whereas Wind Waker pivots to a very cell shaded, very cartoony style. Yeah, that a lot of people really hated at the time. There was a huge backlash to this because people wanted their mature Zelda and everything, and they wanted their follow-up to Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, where especially Ocarina of Time, where Link is an adult and he's cool, and I can, I can project my, uh, I, I can, I can Adventure make fantasy. myself feel, yeah, I can make yeah. myself feel cool. I want to be like Link, not like some kid, you know. And those people are idiots because Wind Waker is an incredible game. It's so good. It's such a fun time. Uh, it, interestingly, um, very recently in the last month or so, uh, there is an interview, it's an interview or an, an article or something. I don't remember exactly what it is. Um, but uh, information came out about, um, Shigeru Miyamoto, who's the creator of Zelda and a bunch of the other Nintendo properties out there. He had kind of relinquished the reins on the series by the time that Wind Waker came out. And he did not like the art style. He was kept on trying to get them to change it up until the point where it's like, well, we're too far along in development. We can't really change this anymore. So you're also wrong, Miyamoto. Wind Waker, the look of it's great. Um, in, in my opinion, um, if you're not familiar with cell shading as an art style, um, it's, it's, you know, kind of single, not, not using shading, uh, different light shading on the different cells of animation individually. It's all about kind of like single color um, Wind Waker cheats a little bit by having different kinds of lighting in there that you don't normally have in cell shading, but boy, it just looks incredible. Kind of the the the, the game that kind of codifies uh, cell shading as a style originally is uh, Jet Set Radio, if you're familiar with that, back on the Dreamcast. But Wind Waker is what we're here to talk about. So, have you played Wind Waker, Scott? Uh, admittedly, no, I have not. I I did not have the GameCube. Okay. Up. Um, I do know because I I've watched this game on some of the speedrunning communities and sure, sure. And there's an any percent speedrun that is sub one hour that I I watched. It must have been probably close to a year ago now. Mm-hmm. But that I was really impressed by that. I'm like, man, some of these maneuvers are fantastic. And I thought, you know, if I ever go back and play a game. Uh, that I, I never had this console, right? But it'd probably be a pretty fun one to do. Maybe I could find an emulator that I could make work for this. Yeah, Wind Waker, really just an absolute worth playing. I don't think it's the best Zelda game, but it is uh, number three on my list because it's just a really, it's a fantastic game. It's the I think it's the best video game that's trying to evoke kind of a cartoony art style like this. Um, some of the reasons that I love it beyond just here's what it looks like. I think it's really got the best narrative in a Zelda game. Uh, you know, yeah, I, very close to that is Majora's Mask for me with this. That, but that game's more about like weird, creepy vibes for me, and and kind of a 
prevailing sense of dread and horror as you look up at this moon that's going to crash into the earth. Right. But as you go on in, in Wind Waker, it's about okay, the, the land of Hyrule has flooded and it's all just a bunch of islands and you're sailing from island to island. You're getting into different adventures and the, just the sense of exploration you get cruising around this world in this talking boat is, is really incredible. I think the the world that they generate through these different islands and everything, it feels it's more fully realized than most Zelda games have. It feels like there's cultures and and a place and interconnectedness between these different islands and things like that that have relation to each other rather than being like, well, this is the place where these people are, and then here's the place where these people are, and they're just kind of here, like some of the earlier Zelda games may have had. Yeah, no, I mean it it sounds great. Uh, and from what I've seen on those speed runs, it it's right up my alley. I love adventure style video games, so I and mean, how can you not like Link? So good old action adventure. I I I also want to mention the soundtrack to this game's phenomenal. Uh, it's got really great character designs, and especially I think best Ganondorf in the series. Very very cool as a recurring boss, your main villain for a lot of those games. This is my favorite version of him. Okay, then yeah, I have something to look forward to. All right, so we've covered your number two already, Scott. Yeah. I guess we got to bounce from my number three to my number two. Go for it. Before we dig into our number ones. Yeah, go for it. Uh, my number two was very nearly my number one. I really had to think a lot about this, but um, in this instance, this uh, one ended up falling the number two spot. It is a Batman, the animated series. I figured this would be on your, your list for sure. Um You've talked to me about it a number of times, so no surprises, but elaborate. Why Why is that your number two? So Batman's, Batman the Animated Series is my number two because um, for, for a lot of different reasons. The biggest, I think, is these are the definitive, for me personally, and a lot of people have a, very, a lot of very different feelings on this. There's a ton of different Batman media out there. For me, these are the definitive versions of most of the Batman characters. Mark Hamill's voicing of the Joker is just incredible. Uh, it, it, it is the definitive Joker performance in my experience. Heath Ledger Joker is very, very good and a very different thing. My favorite of the live-action Jokers for sure. But if I just think about the character overall over its entire duration, I got to give it to the Mark Hamill Joker in this show. Kevin Conroy's Batman's also incredible. But you, you also have different things like... Um, this show, a lot of people don't know this, this show is where Harley Quinn, the character, came from. The character has obviously attained massive popularity nowadays, but not originally a comics character from this, this animated show originally. Hmm. Did not know that. Another fun uh, detail I learned recently about this show is uh, the Mark Hamill's performance, like I was saying, as a Joker, is pretty iconic. Uh, originally, Tim Curry was going to be cast or they wanted to cast him anyway for Joker, but during the audition period, he came down with like bronchitis or something, so they ended up going in a different direction. We could have had a Tim Curry Joker. That would have been completely different. Um, huh. One of the other things I like about this show is they just have a very noir feel to the whole thing. Um, just the different styles of cinematography that they choose to use in their scenes. Uh, they, they've got very... Uh, noir feeling title cards for their episodes just a real dark brooding vibe to the whole thing that you know fits well with batman's history and you know coming from direct detective comics world's greatest detective batman which you know you've you've, you've kind of have fallen off of the batman character in recent years 
But doesn't that make sense? Because the the animated series was kind of greenlit because of Tim Burton's portrayal of Batman, right? Definitely, and yeah. of that course, was, that was dark. For sure, for sure. And so, and 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 not that the darkness of the char- of the show is specifically what I'm talking about there. As uh, it's it's more of that noir feel and kind of the detective noir feel that that the character is rooted in originally. That like the Tim Burton stuff doesn't quite have the vibe of as much and especially not like the Joel Schumacher stuff movies that were what was coming out at the same time as the show was in the uh in the early to mid 90s another fun fact about that I don't know if you knew this but Danny Elfman does the the intro sequence for the animated series as well same person yeah he also scored the uh the Tim Burton movies anyway I'm not sure if he did the Schumacher ones he did Nightmare Before Christmas he did (laughs) definitely a prolific prolific soundtrack guy composer that's that's the word for that composer composer, soundtrack guy jesus (laughs) yeah i guess all right Um, that's okay it's okay the other stuff i want to mention um before we move on uh just the amount of media that this thing generated uh you've got uh, a whole host of animated series that came out in the 90s. You know, your Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, New Batman Adventures, Batman Beyond, which is also excellent, Superman the Animated Series. That whole thing has then, then eventually grew into an entire empire of DC animated shows and movies that has persisted to this day. I haven't really kept up with that stuff, but it's the, the amount that it's generated is huge. And also, I wanted to mention um, this movie. This show also um, led to a couple of movies: *Mask of the Phantasm* and *Batman: Mr. Freeze Sub Zero*. Uh, *Mask of the Phantasm* is fantastic and absolutely worth watching separately, even if you haven't watched the show. So this is the *Mr. Freeze* one, also very good, but *Mask of the Phantasm* is a real standout there. Okay, worth watching. I'll definitely have to look into that because I have not seen that one. It does remind me, though, I I was thinking about this, kind of relating to one of your points from earlier. Do you know who the artist's uh, influence was for designing this Batman? I'm not sure. It was the Space Ghost design from from Alex Toth's uh, original Space Ghost, 1966. Um, The the artist uh, whose name evades me at the moment that was definitely one of his biggest influences for designing this Batman. So bring it full circle here. Space Ghost is, is uh, iconic and definitely more so than Batman. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> uh, clearly. Well, I don't know. You had it lower on your list. Batman. Was oh higher, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm wrong. Clearly. I don't know. You just trying to contradict yourself. What's going on here? All right, well, why don't we move on to your final item on your list, number one. So this one is near and dear to my heart. My number one pick for top animated property in media is the Pokemon trading card game. Oh, wow. Okay. I I really could not have created this list and not included it. And, you know, I don't. Play with the cards anymore but i still have all of my cards i chose some of my favorites and i framed them and i have them hanging in my office wall and i think most of my childhood was spent around collecting these cards battling friends 
watching the TV show in addition, you know, seeing how it relates to everything that's going on. And then I went so far as to join the Pokemon League. And okay. every, every Saturday, I would go with a, a friend of mine and we would probably buy a couple packs and meet up with like probably 50 other kids and just battle. And it was a, a lot of fun. Like there were stages, you could collect badges in the same way. I mean, it was very coordinated. And a, a lot of my childhood, I think, was defined by that entire universe and and so i could not have a list of this without including the pokemon trading card game beyond just the game itself though focusing more on the animation i love that every card has a slightly different art style uh and you know some that look like they're just 3d objects or some that are very colorful or some that are really dark and how in the early days, a lot of the different sets, you know, they started out very basic. I mean, the first one was called the base set, but moving into like the Rocket League set, and, or excuse me, not Rocket League, the Team Rocket set. Wrong game, wrong game. Yeah, no, I know. Um, the Team Rocket set and looking into even some of the Gym Leaders sets, there are a lot of really cool designs and spins on on the animation and those cards and as such there also are new abilities and i i really really enjoyed my time playing this game and i'm still not ready to formally give it up and just hand away my cards because that is one of the biggest pieces of my childhood and i'll cling to it as long as there's space in my closet so I think we're we're looking safe for at least a few more years. So is the main reason that you um you're choosing the trading card game over like the anime or the video games, of which there are many. Yeah. Is, is that mostly that like the social experiences as a kid? I I think so. I think well, first of all, I thought about the video games cuz if I could have included the video games, I may have. I considered mm-hmm maybe putting them on some of the games but the core ones that i really played you know the red blue yellow kind of games don't really fit the spirit of this yeah conversation. That, that is true so i i didn't really feel like they were worthy additions but um the the cartoon or sorry the uh, anime I, I watched it every morning before school i would wake up early some days because i knew they'd be running two episodes back to back I very nearly or sometimes even completely missed my bus because I was still sitting there watching the episode and I didn't want to walk away and you know, I'd have to get a ride to school from there or the bus would have to circle back around. I, I really enjoyed watching it in the morning, but it was by myself or with my brother and and that was it. And yeah, so I think the social aspect of the trading card game and you know, being able to bring them to school, at least until they were banned, and and then being able to talk with my friends about it. I mean, we would take cards to friends' houses and trade and battle, and yeah, it's, it is a core activity that so many of my friends participated in that I'm, yeah, I'm definitely happy to include it on this list. I think whatever you have at number one is wrong, and it's not even worth mentioning. So let's just go ahead and get into our time. Oh, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. What, what, 
What what about you? Did you play Pokemon cards? Do you have some Pokemon cards still? I never touched any of the card stuff at all. Um, I didn't. Uh, this is a Pokemon's another property that I was not uh, permitted to engage with as a child. Is it because, because it's the work were, of the devil? It's pocket monsters and you know monsters are bad. I guess I don't know the logic behind why Pokemon was not allowed was uh, not never made very clear to me. Um, but so I, I I I came to play the video games uh, probably as like my early teens um, sure. and enjoyed those. And then kind of after the first few getting through the first few of them, I kind of came to the realization for me that like, this is kind of the same game over and over again. We're inserting different Pokemon, but the structure in the gameplay is pretty much the exact same thing every time. I know that's blasphemy to some of the hardcore Pokemon fans out there, but just for me at that time in my life, kind of caused me to disengage with the property. I never really watched the anime or anything like that. So I kind of just went from, playing those video games too, not really engaging much with Pokemon for 15 years after that. Fair enough. And I think you're right. To some extent, the main games are very much copy and paste. At least they were. I, I've been told that some of the newer games, because I have not played them, some of the newer ones, they heard that feedback and they made some changes to make it feel a little bit different, a little bit more new and fresh. And And they're quite enjoyable from that perspective. But Personally, I've not played them, so I can't really speak to it. I will say some of the other unique games of it, which I think we're getting slightly off topic because they're not really part of the animation conversation, but like Pokemon Snap. I loved Pokemon Snap. Or My wife, my wife adores that game. I have not played the new one, but the original one on the 64, I played the crap out of that, and I, I love discovering all the little secrets, and you know, I didn't have a way of looking it up back then so it was just either word of mouth from your friends or you figured it out on your own and i think some of the the whimsy that comes with that discovery in early video games is something that makes it a little bit stand out and and i love that and of course there's pokemon stadium pokemon trading card game on the game boy and there are literally dozens of spin-off games from the Pokemon series on top of the dozens of actual main series games in Pokemon. How you think about 5 6 years ago when Pokemon Go came out, like the original oh, Pokemon massive. Go, it it made like world peace for a summer basically. Everybody was like out walking around and catching Pokemon and being friends, like that was fantastic. It I, blew up in a way that we didn't really see again happen until like Fortnite, right? Of just something that completely captured the public's imagination. Right. Apparently they're still making updates and people still play Pokemon Go. But Oh yeah. I'm not one of them, but I played for about uh, a week. I played for well, probably six months, eight months. Okay. But after a while it just eh I don't know. I was frustrated with the, the motion of it. You know, I try to go for walks or runs and it's like doesn't really track things as well as i would like it to or yeah i get that anyway that's it that's another story we don't have to talk about that but enough of my number one let's uh let's hear it what is the final number one point on your list so my number one is uh like you i have done a print media item here it's not a card game though it is a newspaper comic i'm going with the widely beloved 80s and 90s newspaper comic, Calvin and Hobbes. I knew, that, I knew this was going to be on the list. I, uh, it, I, I did not expect it to be number one, though. 
the, this Calvin and Hobbes is hugely important to me. Uh, absolutely beloved as a kid. Just, I've read every single one multiple times. Had all the books when I was a kid. I was born in 1990, so I I wasn't alive for the full run of it. But from the age I could read onward, I was reading comics in the newspaper every every Sunday. The weird thing to think about nowadays is how many people are getting the newspaper. I certainly haven't read a newspaper in a decade maybe uh, <laughs> but that was a ritual i loved reading the newspaper comics when i was a kid and calvin and hobbes i think for me personally absolutely the greatest newspaper comic comic that has ever existed it, it it's just very unique in that space especially at the time um just really really thoughtful stuff in a way that kind of like what I was talking about with Avatar before, where you have some of these, like, I wouldn't necessarily say like heavier topics that are going into, but like more philosophical stuff than you normally see in a newspaper comic for sure. Mm -hmm. While maintaining that connection to like, this is a story about like a six year old kid and the shenanigans he gets up to, you know, and just little snippets of this kid's life with his stuffed tiger. Um, and, yep. and, and just the, the, the comedy that's in it, the level of writing, Bill Watterson, very interesting character, kind of, kind of fell off the face of the planet. Once that was done, he was a very private person, did not want to engage with the public in any way. Right. Kind um, of a recluse. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I was reading up on him a little bit. Um, he is one of three newspaper cartoonists to ever be granted a sabbatical to this day. He was the third one, and none since him have been granted that. Oh. Uh, normally, if you're going to go on vacation and as a newspaper comic artist, um, you got to provide enough comics to get yourself through the, the, the gap, right? And so he got to actually take a sabbatical twice in his career, which is interesting. Also interesting on his stance on things is his utter refusal to do merchandise the property mm-hmm. in any way hasn't stopped merch from being created obviously you uh, uh you got the calvin pissing on various just about things. anything yeah yep just about anything bumper um, sticker yeah uh that not sure how that came into being originally because it's certainly not art from the comic itself um but it's just a weird phenomenon that kind of kind of took hold but um it is estimated that with that decision bill watterson gave up 300 to 400 million dollars is wild to think about i think that number is probably higher now i don't know when that figure was quoted but given the longevity of the the comic and and just the love of it that people have had aside from the the collections or books being printed you're right he has not allowed people to consume this in any other form yeah and i and i i think that it's just really fascinating it's just hey i'm gonna stick by my guns here this is not what i'm about Bill Watterson says, and he stuck to it, you know? Good on him. But yeah, just about the comic itself more. Um, who isn't familiar with it at this point? You know, it, it it's such a deeply personal thing to me, just as a childhood experience that I still go back and revisit periodically just because it really appeals to all ages kind of a thing. You don't have to be a kid to enjoy it, but kids can enjoy it even if they're not getting every little bit of references and um, ideas and stuff that that Watterson's throwing out here. So it, uh, I, that's why it deserves a spot on my number one list. Number one on my list, anyway. Yeah, I mean, my older kids 
have read them all, um, you know, thanks to their their papa and their grandfather. You know, he he has all the comics that they they grew up reading. And then you're right. I think some of Bill Watterson's own personal things that he was going through would seep into the comic occasionally, where mm-hmm. things got existential and philosophical, like you said, and those deeper comics, which were kind of a break from the norm of the otherwise zany or happy-go-lucky things going on, and they were... Or overtly political, you know. Or, yeah, or overtly political. Yes, I, I, I deeply enjoyed all of them, and I struggle. I, I have one other one that I personally enjoy a lot. I don't know that it's better than Calvin and Hobbes, but of course Dilbert is uh, for anybody who's ever worked in an office, they can appreciate the humor of Dilbert, but I think Calvin and Hobbes beats it. You're right to have it on your list. I didn't expect it to be number one. It must have been one of the few pieces of approved media in your household growing up. <laughs> yeah, no, my my dad also loved uh, loves Calvin and Hobbes. And, but but and Dilbert was banned, right? Because Dilbert's like satanic or something. No, Dilbert was fine. I, I read the whole newspaper section every day. Oh, okay. You know, I enjoyed Dilbert as a kid. I enjoyed Garfield, you know, Stata didn't enjoy things like, I don't know, Haggard the Horrible as much. Mm. The Lockhorns. Mm. We could just turn this into a podcast about talking about newspaper comics. Let's not oh, do that. Well, yeah, <laughs> we can't talk about them without including Farside as well, which I believe maybe is a, a close number three for me. Maybe even it's higher than good. Dilbert now that I think about it. That that's uh that's on my honorable mentions list when I was putting this list together for sure. Nice. I I had Calvin and Hobbes on my honorable mentions. I wanted to find a space for it in my top ten, but it, it does not have the significance for me in the same way it does for you. I think as much as I enjoy it, I I think it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's kind of like how you know you've got this deep personal connection to the Pokemon TCG through those childhood experiences and everything i think calvin hobbs is, is meaningful for me in a similar way yeah you you joined the calvin and hobbs league and met up with other oh, yeah, kids absolutely. on saturdays and Bat- battle. battle with my calvin hobbs cards you know the, the traditional experience that every kid has last winter when we were building snowmen i had the idea that we should build an army of a hundred mini snowmen kind of like calvin did and point them all at people walking by my house that's pretty pretty fun idea but in practice there was not enough snow i needed more so that's a lot of that's a lot of work too snowmen a lot of work eh, big snow this year i'm gonna try it again i think it'd be worthwhile some of those creations he he did throughout the years were fantastic yeah for sure all right well that wraps up our discussion of our top six items on each list we're gonna now take a little bit of a break before we head into a quick run through of the remaining items on our list and hashing out what the final list is going to be. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. If you made it this far, then you're probably enjoying yourself at least a little. In that case, an honest rating or review or Simply referring a friend would really go a long way to help get the word out uh, about our new podcast. 
So now we're going to briefly go over the remainder of our personal top 10 lists and finalize the combined top 10. So thank you for listening. And now on to phase two. All right, Scott, why don't we get into your seven through 10? Sure. Uh, before I get into my seven through 10, any, any guesses at how many musicals are in this list? I'm going to say three more is my gut. Three more. That is accurate. There are three <laughs> more musicals in my list. All right. Uh, number seven, Recess Schools Out. This movie, oh, I, love I, I love that movie. I watched it so many times as a kid. I, I'll skip it, but man, great, great songs. Just really classic. Uh, number eight, Doomstar Requiem, a clock opera. So Metalocalypse created... Uh, a bring back I don't watch this show like at all but at the end of one of the seasons in order to start the new one they decided they wanted to put a rock opera together and it's fantastic I I really like it and the the different songs and styles and the animations that are addressed with it and the fact that you can see how the guitar solos are done man it's great anyway uh, number nine is Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland, a big movie when I was growing up, um, watched it pretty much every time I visited my grandma. Uh, my brother hated it. That was part of my motivation for wanting to watch it. <laughs> it scared him. Uh, but I really liked that movie, and I suggested it every time. And you know, he, he didn't appreciate that so much. But I, I watched it again recently. Still pretty good, you know, and not amazing. It's not a musical, so. And number 10, finally, another claymation. I have the California Raisins Claymation Christmas. And, oh, wow. And this okay. one Blast is a special one, right? It's a special one to me because it is my mom's favorite Christmas movie. And so we've watched it pretty much every year at Christmas. And uh, I, I remember the songs. I remember the terrible claymation and the stop motion that's associated with it and you know i it just when i listen to it or watch it it brings back some great memories i can still visualize a lot of the colorful scenes that are are in it so yeah great great thing for me for my childhood and had to be on my list at number 10 so um i'll kick it over to you what what do you have for your 7 through 10 all right, uh, number seven is another thing that I, I, I came in pretty strongly thinking was going to be on my top five and didn't quite end up making it, is uh, the final season, season seven of The Clone Wars. Mm. Clone Wars is a show that I, I really like. It has its quality ups and downs, but the, the most recent season, which was made well after the original, the, the original run of the show, is just phenomenal front to back. Um, if you like Star Wars at all, this is an absolute must-watch. It's going to mean more to you if you've watched the previous seasons, but if, if you don't have time for it, season, season seven on his own is so good. Number eight on my list is one of uh, only two movies on the list. On my list is a uh, Monsters, Inc., my favorite Pixar movie. Just another thing that's just got some really groundbreaking animation for the fur tech and everything that they were doing there with Sully. Uh, really, really, really enjoyable movie. I, I just really love it front to back. Very funny. Next, number nine is Futurama, another show that just, this was, this was really hard. It's hard. There's a lot of the stuff that I absolutely love. It's like, oh, this hurts me to not put this in my top five, but 
just didn't wasn't able to make it. Futurama is just absolutely love that show. Tons of tons of great uh, episodes of it. The show can't die. They just keep bringing it back. First it was on Fox and Comedy Central. Now it's coming back to Hulu again. So you know, apparently, apparently a lot of other people agree with me. So very very good show. Really love it. They have a big following. My next door neighbors had that as their cake topper. But anyway, keep going. Uh, finally, my number ten is the uh, recent Castlevania Netflix series, which you may or may not describe as an anime, depending on how you define anime. But it is definitely an anime style. I this one's especially meaningful to me just because I am a huge mark for uh, Castlevania as a video game series, and this is just as much as we talked about Avatar: The Last Airbender. The, the the movie, the M. Night Shyamalan movie of that just being a horrible adaptation. This is about as close to a perfect adaptation of something as you can get just because it perfectly encapsulates what the vibes and visuals of those games are while packaging up into a more of a coherent story. Okay. Now that I'm looking at our 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 list one through ten, there's not a lot of overlap as we said, but there's a lot of differences here. This uh unified list is going to be something so if we if we you know we're kind of as we're as we're discussing here we're kind of moving over we use a we use a document here to kind of visualize what we're doing not helpful for you know audio audio listeners but helps us sort things out i'm going to move our top fives over because i think those are most likely what's going to make it onto the final list yeah probably probably doesn't not automatically we'll discuss it and we'll find out i think Pretty strong case for Avatar The Last Airbender being at least in the top couple, given that we both value it pretty highly. Yeah, I I almost put it at my number one, personally, uh, but Pokemon eked out that win. I mean, yeah, Avatar, easily one of the best shows I've ever watched, let alone animated. And sure, it, it's been recommended to me, even prior to me watching it, by multiple sources of all different diverse backgrounds. And I mean, ages my uncle recommended it he's his 50s he loves it he was the first person to recommend it to me so kudos to him for putting that out there yeah so let's since we have a duplicate in here we've got a we've got a missing slot this is nine items Mm -hmm. um so let's kind of place these nine where we feel like they belong and then we'll maybe talk about what that tenth one should be i don't think pokemon's our number one well um, on the unified list (laughs) You know what? Maybe you should have been around at a younger age and uh, come with me to the the Saturday Pokemon League, and and then we wouldn't even have to argue about it. It would just be a known thing. Pokemon is number one. Unfortunately, our lives took different paths, and I just I just don't have the same connection to it that you do. What? Uh, well, why'd I, you have I, to I, grow I, up in a different state, huh? Well, you know that that that'll happen sometimes. Not exactly within my control. So I, I would push for Avatar being over Pokemon, personally. Uh, uh, so you're, you're suggesting number one overall in our unified list is Avatar? Let's put it there for now and see how it feels as we talk about these other ones. Okay. I, I'm not too upset by that. I guess I could be okay with it. But, I mean, clearly Pokemon's like a number two. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a jump here towards uh, my next recommendation. And I think Nightmare Before Christmas is our number 10 because I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like nightmare before Christmas. I don't think it's good. Uh, 
I didn't even have Calvin and Hobbes in my number 10, but I did have it on my uh, kind of honorable mentions. It was on my, my list before I polished the list, so I guess Calvin and Hobbes doesn't have to be number 10. Yeah. Really, really cut into the core on this one. Um, looking at the other ones that I have on there, I, I guess I'm okay with that. We can put Nightmare Before Christmas at number 10. You definitely have other items on here that I never really engaged with, but Nightmare Before Christmas is the only one that I actively dislike. Okay, I'm going to make a jump then and say right after that should be Space Ghost. While I have watched it and I have enjoyed it, I I don't have the same connection as you do, and um, even though it's your avatar or your icon for your profile on Discord, Sometimes I think, oh, I should just change mine to Zorak so I could be controversial. <laughs> <laughs> Zorak, great. More more Space Ghost representation. No, no, less. I, I, it pains me, and I, uh, I want to stress, this is painful for me to put this, this low on the list, yeah, but, I I, could, but I accept it. I, well, hold on. I could make an argument that Legend of Zelda Wind Waker should actually go number nine because... I uh, no no absolutely I haven't not. played no, it. No, no, hold on, hold on. I haven't played it. I didn't have a GameCube, and I don't know if I'll ever get to play it. As much as I'm well intentioned to do so, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That you sounds say, like a personal problem. No, 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 no. Hold on. <laughs> All right. So next time you come over, we're gonna battle Pokemon cards. I've already got some decks made up. You know, you can be the water deck. I'll be the lightning deck. We can play no weaknesses or no resistances, whatever. That's fine. Yeah, but. we'll 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 play a little bit of Pokemon TCG, and then I'll make you sit down and play Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker for twenty hours until completion. You know, honestly, I don't think I'd be as upset by that as you think I would. It's not <laughs> a matter of not wanting to play; it's a matter of sure, prioritizing sure. the time. And right, oh, honey, sorry, I can't watch the kids. Uh, Josh is really just making me. He's making me play this game, and uh, I don't want to, but got to put 20 hours into it. I'll see you in a couple days when I wake up. Uh, I'm sure she'd be real thrilled by that. I, I'll tell you right now, I cannot have Legend of Zelda at number nine. This is a, that is a no-go. Okay, well then we can put Space Ghost at nine, and you're going to have to be happy with it. because I can, I can live with Space Ghost at nine. That, okay. That I can, that I can live with. Now, South Park, I, I don't remember. Did you say you'd seen the movie or only I haven't the seen season? the movie. Okay. I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen seasons one through or 15, something like that. Okay. When do they do that Game of Thrones episode? That's about where I fell off. Oh, yeah. I think I, I enjoyed it. But... I hadn't watched up to that point, at least more recently, but uh, I I remember when those episodes came out. I think I went back and just watched those episodes in particular sure. and I, I enjoyed them you know yeah and i i will say i i'm i'm okay with south parks um getting gaining distance on this list just because i have a i have a connection with the property at, le- at least sure but i'm gonna i'm actually going to go against my own list here for a second and i think batman should actually go ahead of south park I, I had agree. it. I had it in Surprising. my honorable mentions list. Okay. Um, didn't make my cut because I only watched it through one time, and I I don't remember all the details. I was it was a while ago, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think if 
if you like it as much as you say you do, then I think it'd be okay to I'd be okay to put that on. I'm gonna paste it. My connection to Batman the animated series is stronger than yours to South Park the movie. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. So in our combined list, I guess. I'm going to paste it in the number two slot for now. Mm. We'll see how that feels. We'll see how that feels. Mm. Hey, look, that looks pretty good there in that number two slot. So temporarily, the list right now is number one, Avatar The Last Airbender, number two, Batman The Animated Series. Everything else is blank until number nine, Space Ghost, and number 10, Nightmare Before Christmas. We got to fill some more items in here. I'm going to put Calvin and Hobbes at number eight. How's that feel? Mm. I enjoy the comics. I grew up reading the comics but i don't feel like your my connection to them is as strong as yours is and we're gonna i think that's fair well hold on hold on but again same comment with the pokemon versus calvin and Hobbes. my number one versus your number one i think my Mm -hmm. connection to calvin's stronger than yours is to pokemon so if you want to put pokemon at eight and calvin at seven i'd be okay with that and actually, hold on. Okay. Oh, no, I can't do that because... I well, think don't forget, don't forget, we need to pull an item in. We're, we're only at nine items here, just looking at our top fives because we have that duplicate. We need to pull something else in. If we look at our number sixes, that's into the Spider-Verse or Goofy movie. Mm. Well, obviously, Goofy movie. No, that's a clear winner. That should really be number one overall. Uh, wow, okay, okay uh oof. man this is tough i don't know yeah it's tricky this is a this is a tough one um, um i'm inclined to put legend of zelda lower on the list just because i haven't played it i like the other legend i would zelda i would argue I for played. calvin and Hobbes over zelda and it's it's higher on my list but also you do have a connection to calvin Hobbes, and you do not to wind waker specifically okay but w- what about your connection or lack thereof to DuckTales, right? You... Yeah, I, I have no connection to DuckTales whatsoever. I've literally never watched any of it. I know the theme song. Is there any DuckTales. chance... Woo. Is there any chance that you're going to watch DuckTales? Not soon, probably, but maybe. Not soon, but maybe. It's, it's, and that's kind of where I'm at with The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. <laughs> uh, uh... I'll be honest with you, it's not on my list. Uh, Maybe someday. Hmm. Oh, man. I think the unique animation and styles of Legend and Zelda that you described and, you know, even just looking at some of the images online and watching in that speed run, I get why, why it's on your list and why it's a unique property. I think that trumps DuckTales from that perspective. And I, I keep going against myself here, but, you know, you made some pretty good arguments. I, I have to concede some of those points and shame on me for not making better, better, stronger arguments in these conversations. You know, I'm kind of defeating myself here. All right. I have a deal to propose. Uh-oh. All right, we're going to cut a deal here. I will forego arguing for Spider-Verse. And give you Goofy Movie on this list. Mm. At number... But Space Space Ghost has to be above it. Ooh. Uh, Well, then Nightmare Before Christmas has to be above that. So I think if you shift the whole thing and just put it at number 10... Okay. Is this an acceptable trade? Yeah. 
I'm I'm okay with that. Okay. Then we're moving. We'll we'll do a run through of all the numbers because it's yeah. it's so confusing talking about this and manipulating it kind of in real time. So we'll do a yeah. okay. You know, okay. Te- a ten to one. Goofy movie has made the list officially. Yes. We have three items left to place here. We have Calvin and Hobbes. Mm. We have South Park, and we have the Pokemon trading card game. I don't know. Six of my things made the list. How many of your things made the list? Only five. No. Duplicates, baby. <laughs> All right. So South Park, Calvin and Hobbes. Pokemon. Well, obviously Pokemon <laughs> number three. I no, think I, already... I think you made a good argument for Pokemon. I could see where even though I have I, I've I've connection to Pokemon the franchise for sure. Um a distant at this point connection, but you know, I have spent my time enjoying Pokemon. I think you made a good argument for here's why this is important as it is to you, these formative social experiences to you as a kid. Let's put it at number three. Hmm. I appreciate that. Uh, okay, I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, I, I okay. mean, you're conceding it to me kind of a little bit here, but I appreciate that. I thinking about Calvin and Hobbes and South Park, though. I think Calvin and Hobbes is it's clearly above that based on the context of our conversation. And I'd I'd love to argue that South Park, for me personally, definitely more important. And with your watching of the show uh, i don't know i think there's probably some equal balance here given that calvin and hobbes has had such longevity with with all of it i think i think it beats it as much as it pains me if calvin and hobbes was a musical we wouldn't even be having this conversation i don't know what your fixation with musicals is i don't know I either zero, I, I have zero musicals on my list i'm not a I, musical guy i like yeah. music not a, not into musicals so much. I am realizing now how much I'm into weird musicals, not just animated ones. It's it's such a weird thing about me that I I never realized until I started talking about it with somebody like, "Oh, hey, have you ever seen this show?" "Oh, yeah. Well, have you seen this other one?" I'm like, "Yeah, I have seen that other one." "Oh, what about this one?" I'm like, "Yeah, why are you name Oh my god, I'm into musicals." And suddenly it's like, "Okay, well, that's okay. I don't generally like any of the traditional musicals. I like the really obscure ones, but that's a conversation for another time. Scott's number one musical of all time, High School Musical. God, no. <laughs> God, that's number two. Camp Rock. Obviously. No. All right. Uh, <laughs> no. I'm okay with this list as it stands. Are you okay with this list as it stands? We'll run mm. it down if you are. Yeah, run it back. Start with number 10. What do you got? All right. At number 10, we have a goofy movie. At number nine, we have The Nightmare Before Christmas. Number eight is Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Number seven is DuckTales 2017. Number six is The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. Number five is South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Number four is Calvin and Hobbes. Number three is The Pokemon Trading Card Game. Number two is Batman the Animated Series. And our number one best animated or cartoon media property of all time is Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm feeling good about this. I, That's a list. I thought this was going to be kind of a crapshoot, just given the um, the broadness of the topics and the amount of stuff that I had and wanted to include but couldn't. And Well, I wasn't wrong. I think that it was so much to be said here for all of these things this this episode could have gotten away from us very quickly 
yeah, I, I, and I'll say, you know, let the curtain back here a little bit. We, we, you know, before recording this episode, we've kind of done some some test episodes here and there to kind of get our feet wet at this. But uh, this was a hard one. This was harder than the other ones that we've done for sure. Yeah, I I struggled with it. It's the broadness for me. It, you make it too broad, and it's the it's too many choices. Paralysis. Fun about it though. No, it's paralysis by analysis is what it is. I I get sure. stuck. Okay, well, uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to us argue. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, if you have show ideas or comments, you can reach us on Twitter at Stupid Sequence or email us at stupidsequence at gmail.com. Our next episode will be posted in two weeks' time, and we intend to keep the bi-weekly release schedule at least for now. Hey, Josh, do you, uh, you want to tell the people what our next topic is going to be? Absolutely. Our next episode is going to focus on the top 10 non-main cast TV show characters. Well, I don't want to give any spoilers here, but there's some pretty funny secondary type characters that I think are going to make this list. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Way less broad than this time, so it's going to be little bit easier i hope to come up with the top 10 definitely yeah can't wait to discuss so until next time i've been scott and i've been josh and remember after arguing you should still be friends or you probably did it wrong